Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking about the Alaskan king crab. Now before I start the slideshow, I want to give a, a trigger warning to anybody who's watching. Um, if you have a fear of like insects, spiders, crustaceans, that kind of thing, the Alaskan king crab I think could give off some of those fears. So this is just a warning if you're watching and you have an aversion to that stuff, you probably don't want to be watching just listening to this one, but we'll go ahead and dive right in. So the Alaskan king crab, right off the bat, it is actually a type of red king crab. Um, the Alaskan king crab is obviously just more specific to the Alaskan location. Um, so where the red king crabs are found are from British Columbia to Japan, which is north of the Beijing, Beijing Sea, um, with Bristol Bay and the Kodiak Archipelago being the centers of the abundance in Alaska itself. And the depth that they can range from is um, anywhere from like 90 feet almost to 600 feet deep or more. And then as for their appearance, uh, as you can guess, uh, they are red. Um, so they're a red king crab, so they tend to be a little more red, even spotted. Uh, they're usually a dark red or burgundy in color. And then as for size, Alaskan king crabs are very large. A lot of king crabs tend to be pretty big, but Alaskan king crabs are very large. So their carapace or the shell covering their back can reach lengths of up to 11 inches and their leg uh their leg span can get up to a five feet leg span so from tip to tip on their legs they can get up to five feet as you can see in some of these pictures you can tell how long their legs can get females can get up to about 10 and a half pounds while males can get up to 24 pounds and then as for some other physical characteristics um the king crabs have quote-unquote tails um, which are abdomens that are very distinctive for them. Uh, they're fan-shaped and they're kind of tucked away underneath the very uh, far, far part of its shell. Um, they also have five pairs of legs. So the first pair is going to be its claws, so what they use to eat and pick at stuff with. Um, and then the next three pairs are just going to be the ones that they typically walk on. And then the last pair of legs, um, it's used in males. Um, it's used for uh, distributing... Um, it's semen to the female while they're mating. And then for the female, it's collecting this and also fertilizing her eggs. So that's what the back pair of legs are used for. And as I mentioned, male red king or male Alaskan king crabs will grow larger than females. And their sex is actually determined by examining their abdomens. So uh, males will have a narrow abdominal flap, whereas females will have a wide abdominal flap that covers most of the underside of their abdomen. And then as for diet, um, the Alaskan king crab are mainly carnivores. Um, they eat things like snails, worms, barnacles, mussels, clams, starfish, sand dollars, sea urchins, and even other crabs. But their diets do depend on their age and then the depth that they also reside in. So it just depends on what they can kind of um, get their hands on. Yeah. So as for how, uh, so... Julie mentioned they have two uh, two claws, two pincers. That's going to be their front legs. Uh, and their right claw is usually larger uh, because it is used to actually crush the food. So if things have a shell, like a crab or a mollusk or something, has a shell, uh, the right claw is what's really used to crack. Uh, it's almost a nutcracker, essentially. And then the smaller one will be used to kind of tear the food. Uh, so they crush, and then they'll use the other one to tear as they're eating. And then as for what eats it, it's one of those where it's in the ocean. So pretty much anything bigger than it or anything that can crush it and get inside the shell. So you have stuff like halibut, Pacific cod, um, octopuses, sea otters, and even other crabs. And then as for mating, um, so the adult female 
uh, broods thousands of embryos. Um, in a year, she can carry anywhere from 45,000 to 500,000 embryos or eggs. Um, and she actually carries these underneath her tail flap for about a year's time. And then when the embryos are fully developed, they hatch as swimming larvae. Um, but they're still susceptible to the movements of tides and currents, meaning they can't really, uh, quote unquote, swim yet. They're just mm -hmm. kind of vulnerable to wherever the water takes them. And then, so they're born and they're going to feed on plant and animal plankton for several months. And they're going to undergo several body changes with each molt. So they have a shell. So as they grow, they need to molt their shell as they grow a larger shell, essentially. So their body changes with each of these molts. So the larva will settle to the bottom of the ocean and molt into non-swimmers, as Julia was talking about. Uh, and that's the for the first time they'll start looking like king crabs normally look like, uh, not the small uh, how they look as larva. Uh, they're just smaller than a dime at this point, though. So they are tiny and they'll settle in waters less than 90 feet deep. And as I mentioned, because it's out, its skeleton is its shell uh, made mostly of calcium. Uh, it will molt its shell in order to grow. So juveniles will molt many times in their first few years and then less frequently as they until they reach sexual maturity in about four or five years. Adult females must molt in order to mate, but males do not. Adult males often skip a molt and keep the same shell for one or two years. And then they will grow very large with the with the record female and male uh, weighing 10 and, 10 and a half and 24 pounds respectively. And the uh, life and the uh, estimated uh, age of these two large crabs were between 20 to 30 years old. And as I mentioned earlier, with how big they can get, the male's lifespan of that crab was nearly five feet across. And then, as for some of the behavior that it um, exhibits, um, adult red king crabs exhibit nearshore to offshore, um, or shallow or deep, um, annual migration. So they do migrate. Um, they come to shallow waters in late winter, and by the spring, the females' embryos hatch. And the adult females and some adult males molt and mate before they start their offshore feeding migration to the deeper waters. That way they can kind of focus on the migration as they go along. Adult crabs tend to segregate by sex um, off the mating molting grounds. Um, red, blue, and golden king crabs are seldom found coexisting with each other. So even though their areas overlap in different parts, they tend to kind of stay to, stay to themselves in the groups um, with the different species. Um, and adult male king crabs in the Kodiak area have been known to migrate up to 100 miles round trip annually, uh, moving as fast as a mile a day. And they tend to live and travel alone. Most king crabs will. They will live and travel alone. However, they have been known to form what's known as pods uh, as they stand on top of one another. Uh, the stacking behavior is believed to be a kind of like a defense mechanism. Uh, is It's the whole like strength in numbers, appearing larger to other creatures just to help protect themselves so they don't get attacked and or eaten. And then as for population size... Um... Its population kind of just depends on the area that it's found in. Um, since one of its main threats is overfishing, um, king crabs are a delicacy, um, especially in the U.S. and in Alaska, they're a very uh, special kind of crab. So in different areas, um, there are a lot of them, and in other areas, there are not a lot of them. So, for example, in the Bristol Bay, um, the red, cream crabs, red cream king crab stock has shown a trend of increasing abundance since about the late 1990s. 
and fishing efforts in this fishery has remained high with an average of permits at 258 between 2000 and 2004. Yep. And then a different, another area, the Norton Sound Red King crab stock has also shown a trend of increasing abundance uh, since a recent low in the mid nineties. Uh, the fishery provides a small summer and winter fisheries with an average fishing effort of about 43 permits during 2000 to 2004. And then as for the Pribilof Islands, the Red King Crab, Red King Crab Fishery has been closed since 1999 due to a relatively low stock abundance. Um, so low precision of the abundance estimate and to avoid bycatch of the depleted um, king crabs in this island um, as the distribution of these two species overlap. Yep. And then another area is going to be the fisheries in the Kodiak, the Alaska Peninsula, the Cook Inlet, and the Prince William Sound. Uh, they are closed due to low abundance, so you can't fish in these areas because the air, the fish or the crabs in this area are not doing so well. Uh, a new fishery for red king crab began in the central Aleutian Islands, uh, the Petrol Bank area, after high densities of legal crabs were encountered in a pot survey. So they conduct these surveys to see how the numbers might be doing in certain areas. Uh, so the fishery began in 2002 and 2003, but was closed in 2004 and 2005. The Southeast Alaska Commercial Red King Crab Fishery has been below threshold and closed since 2006. Uh, the personal use of the fishery has been open in limited areas, so only in some areas where they have found an abundance of the crabs. Um, but the fishery in the Yakutat area remains open, but no harvest has been recorded since the 2000 and 2001 season due to just the low amount of crabs found in that area. And then as for threats, Julia mentioned one of their big ones. The other big one is, uh, is going to be the case for a lot of places in a lot of creatures is going to be climate change. Uh, we actually just double checked before this because I had seen it in the news recently. I thought it was a king crab species that had depleted, but it was actually a snow crab um, species where over 11 billion crabs just disappeared in the, in the past year. And the best guess as of right now is due to climate change because for a lot of these creatures, even an increase in temperature of one degree can be huge and can completely devastate creatures in the ocean. And then as for conservation, um, as I guess you can guess from the examples we've given, um, they try to prevent overfishing. So in areas where they know there are not a lot of um, Alaskan king crabs, they will stop fishing, let the community kind of regrow before they can actually go and fish there again. Yep. And that pretty much wraps up all the kind of more factual things, the the more serious things that we have. We do have some fun facts about the red king crab, which we can go over. So the red king crabs were historically the most commercially important shellfish species in Alaska. Between 1975 and 2018, U.S. crabbers harvested nearly 854 million pounds of red king crab worth about two and a half billion dollars not adjusted for inflation and all of that was from just alaskan waters and as you can guess it is a king crab species and there's actually over 120 different species of king crabs that can be found all around the world and since the blood of crabs contains what's called hemocyanin uh, a copper containing pigment uh, once oxygenated it turns blue uh, so that's why if you have ever seen a crab bleed, it bleeds blue compared to almost a lot of other creatures on earth where they bleed red. And it's because of this uh, hemocyanin inside their blood. Um, it is the hemocyanin molecules that allow these crabs to function in cold, low-pressure environments. 
And then the last fun fact that we have is that surprisingly, the closest relative to the king crab is actually the hermit crab um, in regard to its genetics. Uh, similar to the hermit crab, king crabs showcase claws of varying different sizes. And actually, there was one more that I wanted to touch on too. Um, a lot of people may have not known that they knew about the fishing with king crabs or like seeing all these kind of different king crabs. Uh, at least in America, there was a show uh, called The Deadliest Catch, um, and it was uh, crabbers that were up in the uh, northwest, uh, in the Pacific, usually around Alaska, and what they were catching were red king crabs. That That is the kind of uh, crabs they were catching for that show, uh, but I just thought that'd be another little fun, almost kind of like a pop culture thing about the uh, red king crabs. And that wraps up everything that we have on them. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is our uh, first animal for the month of December, so we're continuing with that cold weather kind of theme. Uh, tune in next week where we'll be talking about the Arctic fox.